Welcome to the Southcrest Live podcast. If this is your first time to listen, please connect with us at www.southcrest.org for more information. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. This week on Southcrest Live, featuring Dr. David Wilson, we move into chapter two of our study, Knowing and Growing from 2 Peter. In the opening verses of 2 Peter 2, the apostle urges his readers to be wary of false teachers whose deceptive words were not only destructive, but also denied the lordship of Jesus Christ, and be cautious of counterfeits from Pastor David Wilson. If you'll open your Bibles there, I'll read in just a moment. You've probably heard the expression, face the music. It's time to face the music. Well, most people believe that originated in Japan many years ago when there was one man in the imperial orchestra who could not play a note. He was a very influential man. He was wealthy, and he came to the conductor, and he demanded that he be put in the orchestra because he wanted to perform for the emperor. Well, the conductor agreed to let him sit in the second row of the orchestra, and even though he could not read music, he was given a flute, and when the orchestra would play, he would raise the flute, pucker up his lips, move his fingers, and act like he was making a sound, and this went on for two years. He never played a note, never made a sound, but looked like he was in the orchestra. Well, wouldn't you know, the conductor's changed. And the new conductor wanted every one of the orchestra members to audition and show uh, their ability. And so one by one, they came to this new conductor and played in his presence. And when it came time for this man's turn, he got sick. Well, that lasted a little while. Then a doctor declared him well, and the conductor insisted that the man appear and demonstrate his skill. And so, with shame, he had to confess that he was a fake. And henceforth, the term, face the music. At the end of chapter 1 of Second Peter... He lays out the foundation of our faith, which is the inspired, inerrant Word of God. And he said the reason we stand and what we believe is from the, the Word of God and the confirmation that it has had. And Peter knows that he's about to pass off of the scene, and he's worried about his readers, and he wants them to stand firm on God's truth. But he also knows that there is a perpetual danger coming. In fact, it's already there. It's a perpetual threat, and that is a false teacher or a false prophet. It's interesting that 2 Peter chapter 2 has no direct commands in it. It doesn't tell you to do anything. It's more like a warning. It's almost as if Peter is holding up a wanted poster with some hideous, evil-looking character, and he says, this is what these guys look like. Watch out for them. So chapter 2 serves as a warning, and all through this chapter, he describes them And today we're going to take a a look in the first almost three verses. Would you stand while I read God's word? It says, but there were also prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you 
who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them and bring on themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their destructive ways because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. By covetousness, they will exploit you with deceptive words. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask you to show us truth. I pray that we never have a teacher or preacher that will bring any deceptiveness with them. May we always be true to your word. And I pray that people will wake up and always compare what they hear and what they read with your word. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. A warning sign. A warning chapter. You'll notice he says that first phrase, there were false prophets and there will be false teachers. In the Old Testament, there were, old, there were false prophets, there were false people, uh, counterfeit prophets that came around. And so it refers back to the Old Testament. And, and folks, if you stop and think about it, it goes all the way back to the garden. I mean, Satan is a liar. He's the father of lies. He's going to manufacture them. He's going to have his people speak. And Peter says that these false teachers will be among you. Paul even warned the Ephesian elders that same thing. It's found in Acts chapter 20, verse 29, when he says, I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock, and from among your own selves, men will arise speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after them. So he warns us, be on the alert. So how do you spot, how do you know a false teacher. Well, first, they have a false message. Verse 1, Peter says, the, he actually uses an interesting word for false teacher. The teacher, the, excuse me, the word, the Greek word for teacher is didaskalos. Here he uses a pseudo didaskalos. Pseudo anything means it's counterfeit. It's not the real thing. And so he says, I, 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 the, the pseudo teacher is coming and will be among you. I like what Warren Wiersbe said. He said, the false teachers use our vocabulary, but they do not use our dictionary. They talk about salvation, inspiration, and the great words of the Christian faith, but they do not mean what we mean. Immature and untaught believers hear these preachers or read their books and think that these men are sound in faith, but they're not. Amen. You see, folks, Satan only has to put a drop of poison in the soup to make it all bad. He doesn't have to put enough in there to make it smell bad or for you to taste it. All he's got to put enough is in there just to make it bad. And I also want you to know it's not stupid people who follow false teachers. It's people who have not taken the time to learn and mature themselves in God's word. They're spiritually immature, and it may be from the fact that they're new believers and they haven't been taught, or some are just slothful. How many of you have a Bible and you never read it? How many of you have a Bible and you don't know what it contains, the truth that it contains? 
Hebrews 5.15, excuse me, Hebrews 5.13 and 14 says it this way. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. In other words, the more you know, the more you learn, the more you grow, but the more you can also spot a false teacher. Now, I want you to notice three adjectives that are in this verse. Some of, one of them is deceptive. Peter says they will exploit you, they will be false teachers, and they will exploit you with false words. False teachers among you secretly bring in destructive heresies or false words. It's interesting that the word false or destructive or, well, actually it's the word uh, the, false, the word for false teachers is the word plastos, plastic. Now, there was a time when plastic meant it wasn't the real thing. I mean, have you noticed how many ways they can make plastic look? They can make plastic look like wood. They can make plastic look like china. They can make plastic look like the real thing. Even plants look real that are plastic. So it was sort, it's sort of deceptive. And he said, you're going to have plastic teachers. They're not true. They're false. 2 Corinthians eleven thirteen 13 says, for such, as, for such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is of no great thing, excuse me, therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness whose end will be according to their work. 2 Corinthians eleven thirteen through 15. Satan's got his army. Satan's got his speakers. And the Greek phrase in verse 2 that says they will secretly bring in, that word literally means to bring something from the outside in. In other words, they're going to add to, they're going to bring in something else with God's word to secretly bring it in. They add worldly concepts to the Bible and give them the same authority as Scripture. Now, I, I fully intend to offend every one of you today. <laughs> what my intention, but I can tell it's going to offend a lot of people. Let me give you an example. I remember when I was younger, there was this emphasis, and I guess there still is an emphasis today on self-esteem, loving ourselves. Listen, you don't have to be taught to love yourself. You came in the world loving yourself. But they brought in, they said, no, listen, in order for you to love God, in order for you to love someone else, you need to love yourself. And they quoted, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I remember this. Them saying, listen, we've got to have a healthy self-esteem if we're going to be able to minister to others. Folks, that's not the biblical interpretation of that. Now, I'm not opposed to you loving yourself, but the first commandment is to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and spirit and strength, and then to love our neighbor. You already love yourself. You've had that since birth. You just care about yourself. I mean, we don't have to be taught to love ourselves, do we? 
Well, they cleverly work in a little error here and there until they've taken people into complete denial. You can take worldly concepts and mix it just enough with the truth to make it sound good. Are you familiar with the unethical, I call it unethical, um, technique called bait and switch? An advertisement, something brand name that everybody wants, and it'll be at a ridiculously low price. And so you go there to buy it, and they never have it in stock. But they want you to buy something else that's virtually cost the same but has a much larger profit margin in it, and they'll make more money off of it. But they hope to get you in by advertising a certain way, and then they switch it. That's called bait and switch. Well, I want to tell you, false teachers do the very same thing. They use just enough biblical truth or biblical words, and then they're going to switch it on you. And if you're not familiar with it, you won't recognize it. In fact, in verse 3, the word deceptive means artificial or fabricated. They make it up. Now, you can have plastic, smiley preachers promising health and wealth, and they use a lot of deception and flattery for financial gain. Let me give you an example. I'll quote a few of these people on television. I'll not call their names because I don't want to advertise for them. What is the desire of your heart? You need to name it, claim it by faith, and it's yours. Your heavenly father has promised it. It's right here in the Bible. Is that true? Well, how about this one? Believe it in your heart. Say it with your mouth. That is the principle of faith. You can have what you say. Is that true? No, it's not true. You call it what you want. Name it, claim it, blab it, grab it. I don't care what you call it. God did not say you can have anything you want. God's main concern for you is for you to become more like Christ, to live a godly life, to represent him on earth, to be the light in the world, and to come home to be with him one day. That's his main goal for your life. He's not trying to make you the most wealthy, famous, good-looking person here on this earth. You live in a cursed world, so do I, and he's trying to salvage as many people as he can. And for you to be told, well, you just believe it in your heart and say it and you shall have it is a lie. It's exactly what it is. Can you imagine these Christians in other countries where they're under persecution? They do not have the freedom to worship like you and me. They do not have a Bible because it's illegal. And you tell them to just name it and claim it. Do you think that's true? No, it's not. I'm not saying God wants you to be miserable. Jesus said in Matthew 7, 5, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. President Walter Klippinger of Otterbein College in Ohio enjoys the story of the fake blind man. He said this pitiable creature with dark glasses, this little man with dark glasses, and his little tin cup was standing on the street corner patiently waiting for some small contribution. And a kindly man passed by and generously dropped in some money, 
several coins and, and some money. And as he walked by, for some reason, he turned around and to his surprise, saw the blind man with his, eye, with his sunglasses up on his forehead looking into the cup to see what had been given. And so the man was a little irritated and disgruntled. And he said, I thought you were a blind man. And the, and the man said, oh, no, I'm, I'm only substituting for the regular blind man today. I'm not really blind at all. <laughs> and so the guy asked him, but well, where's the regular blind man? Oh, he's gone to the movies. It's his afternoon off. <laughs> I witnessed myself. When the choir, part of the choir went to Italy several couple of years ago, and, and one place we went was Venice, and then that square, there were hundreds of people on this square. I actually watched a man take a cape with a hood, put it on him, cover himself completely up to make himself look old, and he bent over, then he bent over, and he faked it, and he, and he, and he had his hand out begging for people. There wasn't a thing wrong with him. Wasn't a thing wrong with him. Well, you and I need to understand there are teachers like that. Amen. What I want you to become is a Berean because in Acts 17, 11, it was said of the Bereans, they received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. Amen, so you need to come back to the word of God and find out if somebody is true or not. So the first, the, the first adjective is deceptive. The second one is destructive. It says it right in verse 2, a destructive heresy by adding the word destructive to the word heresy, Peter is showing how seriously this is because folks, I want to tell you something. People can lead people er erroneously and send them or allow them to go into eternity without God into hell. It's destructive. I read of a dad had two teenage girls. Well, actually, he's two teenagers, but... I, I, didn't, I don't know if they're girls or not, but had two teenagers. And after reading, they wanted to go to a certain movie, and they asked, can we go to this movie? And after reading the reviews, he denied their request because the movie contained nudity and portrayed immorality. And, and they were young, and they appealed, but, Dad, the movie's two hours long, and those scenes are just a few minutes of the total film. But Dad held firm. He said, my answer's no. Well, they slumped down on the couch and they sulked. You know, we, we, we're pretty good at that, aren't we? But they recognized the wonderful, all of a sudden they recognized the wonderful smell of brownies. So, in a moment, dad brought in some brownies. That aroma filled the whole house and he brought them in. Each one of them took one and he said, now before you eat it, I want you to know I made them with the best organic flour, the free-range eggs, organic sugar, premium vanilla, and expensive chocolate. And I added one ingredient that wasn't in the recipe. I got it from our own backyard. But there's no need for you to worry because I only added the tiniest bit of it to the brownies. So go ahead and take a bite and let me know what you think. Well, the girls wanted to know, well, what's, what was that added ingredient, Dad? 
I said, listen, he said, listen, I assure you, it's only a very small amount, less than a teaspoon. He said, you're not even going to taste it. But they persisted wanting to know what it was. And their dad finally said, well, if you, if you insist, the secret, the secret ingredient is organic. <laughs> the dog dropped it. Well, they both dropped their brownies and began inspecting their fingers with heart. Dad, why did you do that? We can't eat these. And knowing that he had gotten their attention for an unforgettable, teachable moment, he said, that's why I won't allow you to watch that movie. You won't tolerate a gross ingredient in the brownies, so why should you tolerate a little immorality in a movie? But folks, you can take that a step further and take that, that don't tolerate false teaching. Any part of it. Now, there's some extremes in false teaching. You've got legalism that basically these people love the Word of God, but they love it so well they add to it. I mean, legalism is, is making a list of rules longer than God makes. And we're good at it. Oh, you don't love Jesus if you don't come on Wednesday night. If you don't come on Wednesday night, there's going to be serious consequences. Well, that's legalism. That's what I'm saying. That, we can add to it. You can't go see that. You can't do that. Basically, if it's fun, don't do it. Well, the other side of that's liberalism. And liberalism doesn't take the Word of God seriously. They don't really think it's divinely inspired. Today, there are Americans who claim to be Christians, but they deny the Word of God. For example, the Word of God says clearly that marriage is between a man and a woman for life. Now, young people, you listen to me. Two men don't get married. Two women don't get married. It's man and woman. The scripture clearly states homosexual lifestyle is sin. The, the, the scripture clearly states that sex outside of marriage is sin, that immorality is sin, that all kinds of things are sin, that greed and covetousness, and there, it goes on. The scripture plainly states that abortion is murder. And so you've got people who say, but, but you know what? But see, part of this, when I was talking to you last week about all the different inspirations of Scripture and the infallibility of Scripture, because if you don't believe the Scripture, then you can make it say whatever you want. And I can promise you that if you want to live a certain kind of lifestyle, whatever that means, I, you can find a church and a teacher that will agree with you. But you want to find one that will teach you the Word of God, and you want to adjust your life to Jesus and the Word of God. Amen. The third adjective is denying. Here's the, here's the very root of their destructive heresy. Verse 1 says, even denying the Lord who bought them, bringing on themselves swift destruction. You see, false teachers will deny the lordship of Jesus Christ. Now, what do I mean by that? Just pray a prayer. Just pray a prayer, you'll go to heaven, you can live like you want. You're under grace. That's not true. Amen. That is not true. Because when the Holy Spirit indwells you, you live like he wants you to, not how you want to. You don't justify sin. You don't try to find the loopholes. Some people, some people use this verse to say you can lose your salvation. 
And because they're saying, well, if the Lord bought them, they must be Christians, but now they're denying the truth and, and they're going to be destroyed. Well, they're not saved. I don't believe that's what this means. In fact, here's, here's how I interpret this verse. Christ bore the guilt and penalty for all sin in his body on the cross. He, he died for sin of the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Because Jesus died on the cross, the price is available. The, the paid debt is available to everyone. But that doesn't mean everyone's going to avail themselves of it. Only those who repent of their sin and receive Jesus Christ by faith and place their life in his hands then avail themselves of the price that's been paid, that's been bought by Jesus. And so he's saying they even deny the one who died on the cross. They even deny the lordship and the salvation of Jesus Christ. And those who enter into, into eternity without Jesus as their Lord and refusing to obey the gospel, they go into eternal separation from God. And folks, you need to understand that if they don't teach that Jesus is the only way to be saved by repentance and faith, they're false teachers. They're denying Jesus. Salvation is not through the church. It's through Jesus. Amen. So not only do they have a false message, but beyond me, they have a fascinating magnetism. Look at verse 2. And many will follow their destructive ways. Why? The word many will end up going astray. Jesus even predicted this in Matthew 24, 11. He said, then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. It is amazing to me that even in the Christian world, whatever that means, that if a man is successful and has a huge church or a huge following, that he must be sound in faith. It's amazing how many people follow them. Why? And I'll tell you why in just a minute. Because all they offer are sensual things that appeal to the senses. Not just sex things. I'm talking about all the things that appeal to the senses here on the earth, that that's what they're teaching. But it's amazing how these false teachers invariably cater to the flesh. They don't preach against sin. They don't mention divine judgment or hell. They avoid truths like denying yourself, taking up your cross, and following Christ. Rather, they soothe people with uplifting thoughts and tell you how much God loves you and wants you to have your best life now. God does love you, but I'm here to tell you God's concern is for not for you to have the best life on earth better than everyone else. He's concerned about your eternal life. And if they ever mention the death of Christ, they say that he did it because he believed in your great worth. And now you need to believe in yourself and ask God to help you fulfill your dreams. People follow that kind of false teaching by the droves because it feeds their pride. 
Just because a person has a big following does not mean, does not mean they are sound. <laughs> false teachers also have a fleshly manner. There's a connection between false doctrine and fleshly living or impure living. It says many will follow their destructive ways in verse 2. The word destructive refers to that which is sensual, immoral, depraved. The ESV translates it, and many will follow their sensuality. New Living Translation says it's a shameful immorality. Just listen to their message. Watch how they live. False teachers invariably cater to the lust of the flesh. And because of this, it says the way of the truth will be blasphemed or maligned. Now, the word sensual here doesn't mean just sexuality. It has to do with the senses. What feels good, looks good, tastes good, what you wear, what you buy, what you drive. None of those things by themselves are bad. But have you noticed that that's what they focus on? Cars, money, clothes, prestige, power. They claim that if you follow their system, you'll become rich, powerful, and important. They, they present an attractive philosophy of life. If I were here to tell you today that all you have to do is put $1,000 up here on this platform and all your debts will be paid. Do you believe that? I wish you did. No, I don't. I'm just teasing you. But nobody believes that. Guys step up and down on money. I, there was one guy on television jumping up and down on the money that people were putting on the altar. And he said, I'm adding anointing to this money. <laughs> well, I'll tell you something, folks. Television screens are full of guys like that. Who wouldn't want to follow this kind of teaching? After all, you could be religious and rich. They deal with the here and now. Send in your money, do this, do that. Which leads me to the fourth thing. They've got fake motives. Verse 3, by covetousness they will exploit you with deceptive words. They're in the ministry for the money. You see, religion's a big business. If you know the psychology of manipulating people, you can make a lot of money on television. False teachers tell people why they want, what they want to hear. They flatter them with their words, build their egos. They always want their hearers to feel good. They exploit people in order to rob them of their money. Here's how I put it. They go from the gospel of grace to the gospel of greed. Their attitude's not what can I give back to God and what can I do for the Lord, but what can I get? What can I get? You need to send in. I'm going to starve to death. I need a $60 million airplane. I don't know what you, what you hear anymore. I put it another way. False teachers are not prophets, but prophets. Dollars and deception. The word covetousness can mean greediness and refers to an insatiable selfishness. All you have to do is watch some preachers make their emotional pitch for money to see that they're well-trained in these kinds of methods to get money. I'm not saying that they all don't teach salvation through Jesus. And maybe I have to agree with, maybe I'm going to have to look at it like Paul did in the first chapter of Philippians that said, there are some who preach the gospel for selfish motives and selfish gain. 
but at least the gospel still being presented. And I praise God that when Jesus is lifted up and people are told to repent of their sin and follow Jesus, but a lot of times you don't see that much. You just hear about what God's going to do for you. If you do this, God's going to do this for you, and you're going to be wealthy, and your debts will be paid, and so forth and so on. Now, I want to end with something. I'm going to call it the faux minister's assessment. Do you know what faux means? Fake. Anything that says faux wood, F-A-U-X, faux wood, it's not real wood. (laughs) And ladies, don't let your husband impress you with a faux diamond. It's not real. (laughs) It may be beautiful and there's nothing wrong with how it looks. I'm not knocking it. Don't misunderstand me. But faux anything means it's not the real thing. So how do you tell a fake minister? Now, these five steps are not original with me. I borrowed them. I'm going to give Adrian Rodgers the credit. But I wanted you to have them. I thought it was good enough that I wanted you. It goes right with what we're talking about. And so if you're going to do the minister assessment, you're going to test it. These five tests, Adrian Rogers. First is the source test. Is the source the word of God? What is the basis of his teaching? Does he have revelation other than the Bible? Some might come to your door and say, oh, we accept the Bible as the word of God, but we also accept so-and-so as a prophet, or there's another testament. No, the end of the book, the end of the revelation says we're not to add to it, take from it, amend it, or adjust it. It's all there. And you don't have another testament. There is no addition to it. And can I really make some of you mad by stating this caution to you? I don't have a problem with devotional books but they don't replace your Bible. You need to understand that when somebody writes a devotional book, they may quote some scripture, and then they're going to interject their interpretation of scripture, which is okay. But don't take their word as the gospel. Take the gospel as the gospel. Now, I I mentioned earlier, and the word's probably already out, a lot of you quote Jesus calling. Jesus calling is not the Bible. Jesus' calling was written by a lady. She called, and I'm not saying she's bad, but you don't read that instead of your Bible. Amen. Read along with your Bible. Sometimes she has dreams and she writes them down. Does that mean it's the truth? I don't think so. I'm not saying she's a heretic, but I'm gonna, not going to take somebody's experience or dreams over the Word of God. So don't walk out of here saying, well, he just dissed on the, the that's probably a bad word to use up here, but he just, he just did bad on the Jesus' calling. I said it, I didn't mean to, but it did. <laughs> I give devotional books to the guests who come and meet me. They're not the Bible. I know who wrote one of them. I don't agree with him theologically at all. Not, well, I say agree, not all his theology. 90% of it, yeah. But I think the devotional book is good. To do, and I tell people when I give it to them, this does not take the place of your Bible. <clears throat> Because it's written by a man. So hear my heart in this. But what is your source? What is the source of somebody that you're listening to? The second test is the Savior test. 
If they don't see Jesus as the virgin-born Son of God and God the Son, the, mess, the Messiah, God in human flesh, co-equal and co-eternal with God the Father, then they're not trustworthy. Because the Bible is full of the worship of Jesus Christ. Repeatedly we're told how they worshiped him. If he were not God, of course he should not be worshiped. But he is God. He is with God. He is God. The second person, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You sang a moment ago. I don't know if you heard that God, the three in one, Father, Son, and Spirit. You, you sang that. There are a lot of people who believe Jesus is a created being. They'll knock on your door. want to sell you. Uh, literature. Don't buy it. Be nice. Don't be rude. But Jesus is not a created being. Jesus is the creator. The third test is a subject test. What's their subject? The gospel of Jesus Christ? Or do they want to talk about what they call kingdom truth? Paul said, for I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. 1 Corinthians 2, 2. You see, everything else comes out of that. The Bible has one theme, salvation. The Bible has one hero, Jesus. One villain, the devil. The Old Testament says someone is coming. The New Testament says someone has come. The book of Revelation says someone is coming again. And that someone is Jesus Christ. And if they don't lift up Jesus, don't follow them. The scripture says, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that what you have received, let him be accursed, Galatians 1.9. And Galatians 1.8 says, even if another angel preaches any other gospel. So how can another angel give another testament of Jesus Christ? Because it contradicts the word of God. I'm just opening myself up for all kinds of calls and mail. BR549 is my phone number. <laughs> Call me. The fourth test is the salvation test. Do they teach salvation by grace alone through faith? Don't add anything to it. Don't add works. Don't add baptism. Don't add anything else. Now, don't misunderstand me. Baptism doesn't save you, but it's not an option. It's the first act of obedience. If you've really been saved, you want to be baptized. It's the, it's the uh, proof. It doesn't save you. It doesn't wash away sin. It's the proof. The salvation test. If you add anything to it, you take the whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord out of Romans 10, 13. Whosoever means anybody, anytime, any place who calls upon the name of the Lord Jesus in repentance and faith will be saved. Repentance, repentance, repentance means you turn from your sin. You change your mind about it. You commit your life by faith. I trust you, Lord Jesus. I give you my life. You don't just pray a prayer and then go live like you never received Jesus. It changes your life. And the last test is the sanctification test. Are they teaching you to live a holy life? If they lack personal holiness and they're always telling you all the loopholes, well, the Bible doesn't say you can't do this and the Bible doesn't say you can't do this and the Bible does say you can do this. Listen, the Holy Spirit lives in you and can help you interpret the Scripture and he will guide you into a godly life. Not a life that says, I've been saved. I can see how much I can get by with. There are a lot of people out there under the guise 
of ministers. Let me also tell you, don't ever put your eyes on a minister. They'll let you down. We'll let you down. We're not perfect, not even close. We're just like you, just been given a lot of responsibility. But I'm going to tell you, I have the same frustrations and and temptations and desires that you have. I I see people during the week, and they say, I've never seen you in jeans. (laughs) Then you never see me. (laughs) Don't follow a minister. Follow Jesus. Please follow Jesus. He won't ever let you down. He's the one who'll take you to heaven. Now, I can tell you that the only way, the only way to be at right with God and to be saved from your sin is to repent of your sin, to follow Jesus. For the wages of sin is death. Somebody had to die. Jesus died. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That means all of us. God demonstrated his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so if you don't know Jesus, it's available. He's available. The price has been paid. You just have to account it to you. Would you bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word today. And pray for those that need to come to Christ right now. I pray for those that need to be baptized, for those who need a church home, for those who just need to repent and get right with you. Lord, thank you for 1 John 1, 9 that says, if we confess our sin, you're faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So I pray, Lord, you'll draw people to you today in Jesus' name. Thank you, Pastor David. In the first three verses of 2 Peter 2, Peter identifies the counterfeits by their false message, by their fascinating magnetism, by their fleshly manner, and by their fake motives. In order to spot these in our lives, we are to employ the source test, which is the Word of God, and the Savior test. Do they acknowledge Jesus as Lord? There's also the salvation and the sanctification tests. Is the salvation they preach one of grace alone through faith? Do they teach that our sanctification is the way to live a holy life? Much food for thought in this week's study. Thank you for joining us for this week's message. Be sure to catch our next installment of the Southcrest Live podcast. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you would like more information to make a commitment or to request prayer, please text the word podcast to 555-888. You can also connect with us on our Southcrest app or our website for complete worship services or to plan to visit us in person. Thanks again for listening.